Have you guys seen LinkedIn's Facebook banner? Uh, what is it? LinkedIn's no. Facebook banner. Yeah, it's not it. recently. What, what it? So it's a very poorly f- uh photo shot, right, of a woman against a purple background. Okay. And you can see the the jaggedness in her hair, where some intern oh. used the use the polygon lasso tool uh, uh. to go and cut her out of a of just the the portion of is. So the, the, the purple background right cuts across like sixty percent of of her head. So oh, no. th- only a portion of it is Photoshop, then the other rest is not Photoshop. It looks fucking hideous as shit. Uh. I, I just hope I just wish right that for once in their lives are uh, like all these media personality, all these polit- politically sensitive people or politically significant people mm. would just spend that little bit of money to make sure everything is presentable. What's is that so fucking hard, guys? God damn it! Now you made me curious. I want to go and look at it. Yeah, go and take a look. Limpian's Facebook page, you say? The banner, the Facebook. He has, you know, you go and click on PV. Oh banner. right, right, right. Yeah. Doesn't uh, it just simply look awful? I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. It's the first thing that stands out to me. Or the once I, the moment I take a look at it, and then all I can see is. This woman's hair is a fucking polygon. Yeah, it's quite apparent. It's not, like, this kind of thing can be easily fixed. And I mean, if you have a, like, a, like a student who's it's reasonably not even, good it's, at Photoshop. It's not even like easily fixed. It can be fixed in literally 20 seconds. It's, yeah. It current, the current iteration of Photoshop is probably one of the most powerful I've ever seen in terms of getting rid of all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you one can, brush tool away, basically. You can even try auto-tone and you might even get it right away. Yeah, precisely. My goodness. Let us start the show. Let's take a cold open. Look how ugly Lim Tian's banner is. Oh, how have we fallen? You know yeah, why? I, you know I, why? Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, I think it's because he owe money. That's why he cannot afford. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I have more sympathy for him. He wasn't such a such a, a person. Has such a, such a character. You're listening to Longkang Kitties. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Long Gang Bonus. This is John Wang, your most handsome, non-crazy person ever on the face of the planet. Today we are joined by Dan Wong and Jerry. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Okay, so I just want to let our audience know something. Oh, I'm good, uh, and of course Jerry is good, but John, John is not so good. So actually John has contracted ultra-COVID, and right now we are speaking and conducting this podcast in the hospital. So John is uh, in front no, of it's us not, right it's not now. Called, it's not called ultra-COVID, bro. You got the wrong. You got the name wrong. It's called Space Aids. Space I got the, Aids. Yeah, yeah, I got the Space Aids. John, I don't think you seem to be taking your situation very seriously. Like with the oxygen tubes. What are you talking about, body. bro? This is this is Space Aids. Okay, <laughs> what do you mean? This is the ultimate. There's no cure. I'm doomed. Oh no! <laughs> Please don't be doomed. If not, our podcast will be doomed also. So anyway, my, uh, my zombie, like- my zombie body will come back, infected by the power of the Space Aids, to carry on this. Podcast, don't worry, guys. Okay, excellent, yeah, excellent. He'll wake from his he'll wake from his coffin and continue the podcast. Okay. If you guys screw up my podcast, I'll come out and I'll shout stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a zombie John shout, shouting stop. That's that's very reassuring. But actually, I did kind COVID. As some of the Discord people will have already uh, known. Share yeah. a bit with our audiences. I barely got any symptoms. I had some runny nose and muscle soreness. 
Correct. Uh, uh, I didn't even have a fever that, and I didn't have the loss of taste either. Oh. Which is which was why I did not suspect that I got COVID. I see, I see. Then my, my wife was just like, I think you got COVID. I said, <laughs> no woman, I do not. I shall take this test and prove it to you. <laughs> and then I took the test and then I got COVID. Bloody hell. Hey, then her leh? Yeah, she got it as well a few days oh, later. Yeah, oh, But okay. both of us are fine now. She right, right. got a little bit more, sim- like she's a bit more symptomatic than me. She has mm. a bit of fever. We had to get her to the A&E for, for a short while, but all the tests came back. She's perfectly fine, so don't worry about it. Oh, Which okay. is actually, Thank goodness that. like talking about that, right? I, had a, I have a, a short story to share before we continue with the rest of the episode. And this is when I was waiting outside the A&E building. And this is at SGH. I was waiting there and the, there was a nurse at the registration counter. And behind me was this elderly auntie. She's like late 60s or so. La. She came up to the she came up to the nurse. The nurse doesn't speak a lick of Mandarin. Then she said, okay, you know, how how about we get the translator out? So in the meantime of that, the auntie looked at me. She thought like, I'm more, I, I have this I'm more face. So mm-hmm. end up I speak Mandarin to her. Then she was, she looked very relieved. So end up she, I asked her, okay, auntie, what's wrong in Mandarin? Then she, for the next 30 seconds, right, she fumbles at this plastic bag. And this plastic bag has plastic bag inside the plastic bag. And she was fumbling, fumbling, fumbling. So she finally took out a packaging of biscuits. You know those biscuits where it's a plastic tray and they have the packaging around it, one, right? Right, right, right. Kong mm-hmm. biscuit. Something like that. Lah. I can't remember the brand. So she took out this biscuit. Then guess what she said to me? I mean, just fucking guess. Uh, like that, I mean, what else you thinking out for, right? No. The next thing that came out of her mouth was, I've, swall- I've swallowed a knife blade. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, what? it's yeah, yeah, insane, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just blew my mind. I, I'm, I'm just like, what the hell are you talking about? So after that, she was motioning with her hand the movement that you will use when you are opening up the packaging with a, like a pen knife or something. So I figured that she probably tried to open with the pen knife. The blade is not very it's not very strong, right? It's meant to break off. Uh-huh. So a portion of it probably broke off into the biscuit and she accidentally swallowed it. So of course down here I'm panicking like shit, right? I'm I'm already What? Auntie, are you sure? Okay, so I quickly can, can, can I just double confirm, can I, before you carry on, right? You are the only person right now that knows that she has swallowed the yes, correct. the knife. Yeah. The like the knife the blade. Broken, the knife the pen, blade yeah. yeah. And the nurse fucking doesn't know because they don't understand her. She she sounds Filipino. Okay. So I quickly turned to the nurse. I said, she she just said that she swallowed a knife blade. So the nurse at this point in time doesn't seem to be taking it very seriously. And within a few short seconds, the, the, the translator came. So the translator asked the auntie, what's going on? The auntie once again showed the translator the, the biscuit packaging. And then she said, in she said in Mandarin, "我好像吞了刀片或玻璃片." Uh, translation is to say that I think I swallowed uh, either a knife blade or a piece of glass, something okay. hard. So after that, you guess what the translator said to the to the nurse? What, what, what did the translator say to the nurse? She swallowed biscuit. <laughs> I'm I'm at this point. Uh, I let me just mention to you guys. Like if you guys have. A face test that is what the hell is going on. That is precisely my face. I quickly turned to the auntie. I said, Auntie, 
just to double confirm, you told me that you swallow a knife blade, correct? I mean, I, I don't want to be sound like a crazy person or a deaf person <laughs> or whatnot. So I, mm. I just double confirm. Then I met the auntie. Yes, I swallowed a knife blade. Then I turned to the translator. I said, she said she has swallowed a knife blade. I said like this. Mm. Yeah. Then the translator, oh, she swallowed a knife blade. Ah. Then she turns to the nurse. She swallowed a knife blade. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you can't speak fucking a lick of Mandarin either. No, no, but what... The translator is Singaporean Chinese. I, I honestly can't tell. She sounds... She doesn't sound local, to be honest. She could be... Oh. She could be someone possibly worked in Singapore for a few years already and have and picked up some bits and pieces. But I, she looks Chinese, but she doesn't sound Chinese. Yeah. Huh. So um, I was just... Oh my goodness, what the hell? If I wasn't there, they would have admitted to A&E and said... Hey, dog, by the way, she swallowed some biscuit. What the fuck? Can we have, like, some semblance of administration going on and have somebody who's on staff who can speak some at least some amount of Mandarin proficiently? What on earth is going on? I hey. shared this story with my mom. And my mom was just like, yeah, every time I have to go to the... So, in the past, my granny would be hospitalized. When my mom was there, she acts as the translator for the nurses and the, and the mm. old people all the time. Especially those old people, they can only speak Hokkien or Cantonese, which my mom thankfully understands both. So the even if you can speak Mandarin, sometimes it's also not sufficient. Yeah, it's true. That's crazy. It's true. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. That's so crazy. Yeah, it was just an insane story and an insane night. I, I was so flabbergasted. I couldn't fucking believe what was going on. Bless you, good sir. You may have saved that old woman's life. I I, yeah. I don't think I don't think I saved her lah. I mean, frankly speaking, soloing that thing is not the biggest. It's not the biggest deal. It's probably not gonna kill her. But of course, that being said, she should be diagnosed properly, and it shouldn't yes. be diagnosed by a random dude standing outside A and E. This more looking fellow who just happens to speak Mandarin. So <laughs> okay, back on track, guys. Back on track. Okay. Okay. So can I can I summarize the situation? So, uh, in regarding uh, for the COVID situation, you and your wife, uh, other than the explosive diarrhea, are all fine, right? No other symptoms other than the diarrhea. Okay, very good. Okay, guys, you heard it here at Nukan Kitties. Totally mischaracterized everything, but never mind. Fuck it. We got to get back to the show now. Then yeah, we got to get back to the show. I'm going to let you fucking derail this shit any longer than <laughs> Okay. Lawyer M. Ravi leaves Lim Tin's firm. Claim paralegal was harassed by him. Him being uh, Lim Tin. Uh. M. Ravi has recently come out, made a bombshell of a Facebook post. Let me first read the, the Facebook post. Okay, while John is looking for the post, I just want to summarize to our audiences. M. Ravi is a somewhat of a controversial figure in Singapore. If you know him, good. But you probably know him. If you don't, he's actually a lawyer. He's a lawyer who is a very... Um, vocal in fighting for human rights. So that's that's one side of him. Uh, the other side of him is that he's been diagnosed with uh, bipolar syndrome and he acts in a manner that bipolar individuals do, which means sudden bursts of mania and then sudden bursts of depression. Uh, and he's got many, many things you know that he did that has caused him to lose standing in the eyes of the government and, and uh, his supporters. But then he also gains new supporters very quickly because he really is a very vocal human rights activist and he takes on cases that other lawyers wouldn't take. He's equally... He's, 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 a, he's an interesting figure. Interesting sorry, to I... say the least. Uh. Let me read out the article by Marshall News. 
which briefly highlighted the whole uh, situation. Lawyer M. Ravi claims LinkedIn sexually harassed his paralegal. Since 2019, prominent lawyer M. Ravi has been working under Carson Law Chambers, founded by People's Voice leader LinkedIn. The former has also represented Mr. Lim when he was arrested last year in his own office. However, it appears Mr. Lim and Mr. Ravi have recently parted ways. Apparently, it was not an amicable split. On Friday, 12 November, Mr. Ravi took to Facebook to share why he has left Carson Law and alleged that Mr. Lim has sexually harassed his paralegal. Okay, so this is according to M. Ravi. Many people have asked why I, why I left LinkedIn. He manages finances very badly and steals clients' monies. I will report him to Law Society shortly on behalf of the relevant clients and also for sexually harassing Sankari. He also openly sexually, sexually, sexually harassed, so he repeats sexually. Sankari, my paralegal, and often cites me as a mad relapsing of bipolar disorder as a weapon in his hand and threatened to withdraw as my supervising solicitor when confronted. I will bring all the witnesses for LinkedIn to see, and if debate with me, if he says I'm bipolar and lying, by the way, he deemed me fit to represent him before I discharge myself for acting for the crook of the century. He is free to sue me for defamation and I'm free to cross-examine him in court, LOL. Okay, so I want to stress right now that all of these are currently allegations and given that M. Ravi have deleted the post, we really should take it with a massive dose of salt. Lah, okay? This LinkedIn managing clients' finances has popped up before, but until now, there's never been anything solid. Okay, So let me just clarify that first before we ourselves get sued. But yes, M. Ravi... So what do we what do we think, guys? Has <laughs> <laughs> M. Ravi actually won any cases that he has fought for before? You think? To be honest, I don't know, but he's often the underdog in in, in a lot of these cases, uh, And mm. it's hard to say whether he has won anything. I mean, it's it's, it's possible that he has. But very often, we see his name associated with uh, people who are uh, due for executions. Or I think he represented Amos at one point as well, right? Did he? I'm not sure. I know he okay, oh. so like I said, la, the way I describe the Singapore opposition is really the ghouls that's hanging out the fringes of society and he represents mostly them. So people who are basically pariahs and not not able to get represented representation elsewhere, and M Ravi will come in and, and save the day. And for a long time that was my image of him. Like I, I was I genuinely thought that he is a defender of the weak and, and helpless. And apparently he, he does a lot of pro bono work. Which, since this allegation of, like, since this LinkedIn allegation came out, has been called into question as well. Oh, how come, leh? Yeah, I so... It's a, it's a fact that he, he has done pro bono work before. So that's the, that's the funny thing, right? That's what I thought until the Offline Citizen, which is a Facebook page now, has shared this post that came out from uh, Han Hui Hui, which was also a social activist that was sued for defamation back in 2013. And apparently, so Han Hui Hui has kept the receipt of the transactions that she had with M. Ravi, mm. who supposedly represented her pro bono, but end up have to pay him something north of $14,000. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, because... Oh, Han Hui Hui. So because the like the total to be paid to M. Ravi, what she, what he charged her was twenty one thousand five hundred sixty five. 
the amount received from public was 6720 so she had to pay someone something north of 14844 I got some bad news today you know you guys like I can't even afford MRV yeah <laughs> me neither uh, okay well let's join let's all join the club but that's so, the thing right so okay now I want to be clear about something that I never really thought about because this because this particular post came out only about four hours ago I didn't really have the time to go and look up what really does pro bono mean. It could be a situation where pro bono simply means that you are paying for kind of the peripheral items. Because when you when you submit court document, you need to pay, right? You need to, there's all this uh, documentation, right? photocopy, paper, uh, staples, all this is money as well. Mm-hmm. So even though it could be pro bono, but you have to pay for the administrative stuff. And other things such as, for example, the the salary of the paralegal that's doing the work, he himself might not be charging his hourly rate. So all lawyers have an hourly rate, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure precise because this this doesn't go into detail. I'm not sure precisely when lawyers say pro bono, do they simply mean their own hourly rate, but everything else you need to pay? That could be the case, but. Like I said, it's very unclear. There's a lot of things up in the air and I really don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, Rice Media actually had an article on him a couple of years ago. I'm just interviewing him and asking him how he goes about representing people who usually don't get represented because there's no money in it. Yeah, he's got some pretty high-profile clients like Roy Ng, Dr. Chi and his sister, obviously Lim Tin. You know, I think he was uh, fouling one of those uh, challenges against 377A on behalf of uh, some of the activists. So yep. he pretty much does, I guess, I don't think he does pro bono all the time. It cannot be. Yeah, I, I don't imagine him doing pro bono all the time. But okay, let me let me now kind of like put M. Ravi's character into stark contrast here. So we, we kind of learn about his more philanthropic enterprises right in terms of pro bono and or whatever however that may mean in, in his case but he has also assaulted an opposition lawyer slash politician which is uh Jeanette Chong Aurudos I don't know how the fuck yes, pronounce correct. Yeah, yeah he came out in a newspaper so he he took a sledgehammer and then he smashed a kneecap no he didn't fucking do that don't fuck <laughs> Jeez. okay so uh, I think he tripped her and then she had a hit, bru- bruised hip and then he also like kicked the... So her her, st- her stuff fell onto the ground and then he kicked the, the belongings that were scattered onto the ground and threw a shoe at, towards her direction. So, I mean, okay, this guy is not like a perfect sin either. And mm-hmm. he, he, he was also temporarily suspended f- from practicing law uh, with regards to his mental condition. Uh. And this was since 2015. Not that I want to, not that I don't support mental health or whatever, but I think it, it brings into question, right, is, is this guy representing his clients to the best of his ability? There was once, right? There was once, right? I attended a party of lawyers. So I believe I was about 26 years old, I believe. I believe they're called an invoice of lawyers. An invoice of lawyers. <laughs> so lawyer lawyer parties, uh, I mean, I can't speak for all the lawyer parties because only attended one, right? Uh, uh, generally quite atas. And there's a, a lot of wine whose names I do not recognize. 
So I was there amongst this group of uh, uh, young lawyers and I was like, um, and then we were bring, we were talking about different lawyers, right? Then I was like, oh, you know, like M. Ravi, he's like a, you know, known to be a defender of the people at that time now, right? And then this guy, this fucker. So what happens is that, you know, the, the you know, there's this always guy in secondary school who's like, huh, M. Ravi, huh? And then he, he looks at his friends incredulously. Hey, he said M. Ravi. <laughs> hey, hey, he said, he said, hey, you hear him say M. Ravi? And then and the rest of his friends are like, uh, uh, uh. You know, and, and I'm like, yeah, guys, I'm the layperson. I mean, you're the lawyers, you tell me. <laughs> you hear him say M. Ravi? He thinks M. Ravi is a real lawyer. <laughs> so anyway, I was made fun of by a... Uh, I totally don't believe what? this story at all. First of all, like, first of all, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> in... in in this invoice of lawyer party, I... Begging for money. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, de- you definitely were not there and this story did not happen. Just oh like... Just like, Spen- just like Spencer. Just like all of your other bullshit. John, you, I've, you, I I've, I've curated a number of, uh, you know, high-profile art exhibitions. How do you think I get the money to do these things? $20. The dollars $20. <laughs> 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 I beg people for the money to do it uh. then you think what you think I earn the money to do it uh, or I use my own money to create my own ex- no fucking get other people to sponsor I don't know you got quite a mouth on you the way you're lying all the time I, I <laughs> can't say what you do with that mouth in your off hours you know? yeah whatever lah John whatever just wipe the diarrhea from your seats okay wipe the diarrhea <laughs> space is not space IBS what the fuck <laughs> so another thing that I found with regards to M. Ravi, was this video that was published, I believe in 2017. I I, mean, I linked the video. I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. But goddamn, is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Let me give you... The, the, whole, video, the whole video is like five minutes long. Let me give you a short play-by-play of what happens inside okay, the video. Okay, wait, John, before you carry on, right? Mm. I just want to make sure, is this the one where he's acting crazy? I, I don't know if it's ever not acting crazy. You have to be yeah, a bit Because this, this one, I, I don't know, no, but because that, like, I don't know when do we cross the line and, like, beat a man when he's down and make fun of mental illness. Because if, if it's the clip that I think you are thinking about that I most definitely have seen, uh, I don't know whether we should... We, we can describe it, but let's not make fun of it. No, 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 I'm making fun of him. I'm absolutely <laughs> fucking 100%. <laughs> Making fun of it. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. John deserves explosive diarrhea. But yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Describe it to the audience, if you will. So he's at the Indian temple. That one down at the Chinatown, that one. Ah, yeah. You know which one I'm talking about? Okay, of course, of course, I've watched it. I've watched every one of these videos in Singapore. So he goes on this tirade against this Japanese tour guide that probably is licensed with STB, the Singapore Tourism Board. And the whole time, right, he, he was just berating this poor man. He, he, the, the, the Japanese tour guy was trying to be as civil as possible. This guy was just, oh, sir, uh, excuse me, yeah, I understand. You know, then M. Ravi keep, kept interrupting him. He just goes and on. He keeps saying, footwear means underwear. Socks <laughs> means footwear. <laughs> he keep telling the Japanese tour guy to take off his socks while he's inside the temple. And when the Japanese guy was just like, oh, you know, you know, let's let's talk to the temple management and whatever, whatever. Then after that, M. Ravi just goes off, right? He's just, you're Japanese, right? You come here and then you you killed my forefathers. I was born a Chinese. And he he just went on this fucking psychotic rampage, no? He keeps saying that he's Chinese. He keeps saying this Japanese guy came here and, and, killed, and killed our forefathers. 
after that, he goes off this weird tangent saying Queen Victoria is holding the Indian crown and uh, stole a treasure from Africa. <laughs> the best part is towards the end of the video, he pointed to a sign and it says, no pets allowed in the temple. Isn't this bird a pet? Then he points his camera at a pigeon. <laughs> isn't, this, isn't this bird a pet, Dan Wong? So the thing that I have to say to our dear audiences is that I'm very sorry to say that, that John's description of the video is accurate. It's 100% fucking accurate, okay? Oh my goodness, it's so funny. Jesus but John, that's what, that's, what, that's what people who are diagnosed with mental illness do. They, they act crazy. I mean, what's new, right? I mean, I can act crazy, but I'm not... I, I, at least I, I don't think I'm diagnosed with a mental illness. Nah. You're not it's, diagnosed yet. That's, that's the <laughs> what I'm saying is that he can't help it. These, these guys who are crazy, they can't help it. You should, but maybe you're right. Okay, look. Like, I, 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 see, I see where you're coming from. Uh, I don't think he can act in his client's best interest while he's having the condition. He should take the time off to heal and rest and get better. Yada, yada. La. I don't think he should be practicing. Uh. In fact, I think he did He did before, right? He did also took time off some time ago. I mean, I recall hearing something like this from the, the papers. Like I said, the, the whole, this whole time in my mind, M. Ravi was his champion of the of the weekend defense. Yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. This whole situation really put his character into contrast for me. And I think we need to ask some very serious questions about this man's capacity as a lawyer. Given that he's defending people that's on death row, he's defending people that are downtrodden, not to say but, that he shouldn't be... Okay, I, I honestly have no idea what to do, right? I mean, if, if he's not doing it, I, I can't imagine other lawyers in Singapore Exactly, doing it. exactly. But I mean, taking a look at from the other angle, because he has this kind of experience and he has this kind of condition, therefore he probably has a better understanding of... Granted that once he is medicated or he's got his proper treatment and he is able to function kind of normally and can be professional about what he does and I think it's a, he, he has possibly the best experience or possibly the best uh, knowledge of how to go, go forward these kind of things because a lot of people who are on death row or the people who he's representing the, the like you said the downtrodden and, and the needy they might have mental health issues as well and probably because of his experience they are more willing to open up to him I don't know that sounds like a that sounds a bit like conjecture. I, I, don't, I don't buy into this thing where the, only the insane can speak to the insane. No, no, I'm not tra- talking about that. I, I, then I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, having, having those kind of conditions probably give him a bit more empathy and more understanding. If another lawyer in Singapore who was probably or possibly taking up these cases may only be taking it up because maybe they're just trying to make a name for themselves or not. I don't know. That sounds like spec- purely speculation and I, this, I don't think I don't think do. that's <laughs> a proper I don't think that's a proper argument for us to say that M. Ravi should continue on just because we imagine him to be a bit more empathetic the the issue that I have right is that we don't know I mean there are times where clearly this man is not 100% when he talks about the pigeons being pets I I just I don't see that as being congruent with reality, and as a lawyer, you are trying to argue the best case possible for your client, 
And if you can't see reality for what it is, I'm sorry, I need to question your capability. No matter what kind of good that you're doing, it cannot be we make exceptions for people who can't differentiate between a pigeon and a pet to say that this is our best hope for the death row inmates' uh, chance of freedom. I, I, I'm not so sure that is the best argument that we can make. If let's say, for example, we, MRV has his own network of support, right? Suppose he's on medication, he, he has someone there to basically slap him out of his stupor or to remind him what, what you have to do to keep a leash on him, control him so that he doesn't get on these like, really weird tirades and that when he's more calm and he's able to do work again, then someone, someone's there to supervise. Sure, if he can manage it. But the, the more I look at it, the more I think, is this guy able to manage it or not? Because look at, the, look at this outburst with LinkedIn. Is this guy really the, the champion that we all thought that he was? You keep on talking about conjecture, but I, I only speak of fact when I say this and that. The reason why M. Ravi is acting the way he's acting is because there's an evil spirit from another dimension attached to his soul. Now, we have done a lot of it's this time research. time to take your meds. Here yeah, you, are your meds. Go uncle. ahead, go ahead and, and ridicule this, but... But if you speak to the Bobos, if you speak to who's in the know, you know that the correct way to deal with this, right, is through human sacrifice. I I would gladly offer you up. I, I was about M- to say I would gladly if, offer you up. If M. Ravi could be, <laughs> could be killed. It's okay, guys. It's okay, guys. You, you guys, none, none of you have to sacrifice yourself. We can just sacrifice Amos E. No, no, no. We sacrifice Amos E. M. Ravi becomes worse. Amos E will now no. own. M. Ravi, okay. <laughs> he's, com- he's coming back, bro. He's coming not, back. Not only is he going to uh, be bipolar, yelling at pigeons, he's going to be a pedophile as well. Like, fuck, the, the last thing we need <laughs> is for oh, M. Ravi oh. to be a pedophile. No, we're not going to sacrifice Amos E to appease the whatever spirit that's residing within him, okay? At least if we castrate Dan Wong, <laughs> we have a good chance <laughs> of... Getting back the M Ravi that we love and cherish. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just. Hey, I'm telling you guys. Uh, I'm telling mm-hmm. you the 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 day uh, that Amos E touched down his his airplane touched down in Singapore. I'll be there at the gate to welcome him. Welcome him back. Why? Just to see how he goes straight from airport into DB. Uh. He's right. not going to DB right away. Where, where's he going? Where's he going after? If it's not for DB, sir. We don't know. We'll we'll see how M Ravi is going to figure that out. Okay. Okay. I bet. I bet he will go. He will go to the McDonald's first, because you know he's not have McDonald's in prison. So you go to the Changi Airport McDonald's, or maybe he'll get a bowl I, of ramen. I. I'm sad. I'm sad to say. I'm. I think I'm with Dan Wong on this. I think Amos E's return will be such a publicized event that the police will be there the moment he gets off the plane. They'll hand. They'll cuff him and they'll drag him to some remand first, just in case. Like they. They don't want him to be to be yeah. fleeing him, and then the Singapore government lose face. That's not going to fucking happen. You guys got anything else you want to add with regards to MRV? Cut him some slack, but cannot let him practice again already. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about this? Let me try again. Let me try again. Okay, so I sound more intelligent. Okay, so cut, cut out the previous part. Um, uh, forgive the man, but the lawyer cannot practice anymore. Cut the man some slack, but you cannot cut the lawyer some slack. How about You're just that? saying the same thing. What the fuck? No, no, no. It's <laughs> more intelligent when I say it. Like, it's more intelligent when I say it this way. Yeah, everybody knows. Yeah. Give him... Sounds like for sure. Hopefully, he gets the help, and obviously, best wishes to him. Whether or not he can practice again, 
I think that's up to the law society to decide. It's not for us. I just think the PEP and the whatever institution, whatever the government apparatus, right, that is out there managing our lives and the reg- and the reg- regulatory boards and whatever, aren't as ruthless and as uncaring as they make as we sometimes make them out to be. If MRV can, despite all of these shenanigans since 2015, can continue to practice law till today, either you have to make some case that this is a this is a government side op. They are planting the mole so that he goes in and he just messes everything up. Or they actually do follow their own rules and regulations. So I think, yes, we should definitely cut him some slack. I'm not going to stop making fun of him, by the way. The fucking pigeon, <laughs> the, the fucking pigeon thing was the funniest thing I've ever seen, at least this month, and I'm I'm just blown away <laughs> at how he makes the equivalency of a pigeon being a pet inside the temple. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sad that you had to watch it, uh, but yeah, this video came out some time back, I believe. Yeah. Okay. With that, now we go on to. John Wan's game time. John Wan's, John Wan's game, game time. time. Yay! Okay, so today I have a few questions for you guys, and it is weird Singapore lawsuits game time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Oh fuck! Okay, I I appreciate the research that you have done to make this game time. Mm, thank you. Even though you haven't heard any of it yet, but thank you very much anyway. Okay, this game time very simple. I will give you four options. You just need to choose the one that is true. Okay? Okay. So I'll give you four pos- four possible cases that may have happened in Singapore. Sure. Only one of them is true. Okay. Alright? So you guys, you guys may not know this, but I studied to be a lawyer and then I failed. So at least I have some training. So I will surely win this run. Go ahead. So you say all the time, but... It's unconfirmed. We shall, yeah, we shall see. Okay. So guess which of the following is true. Option A. Stealing seat cushion from a bus and using it on their own chair. Option B. Stealing a dog from a minister's house and try to sell it on eBay. Jesus. Option C. Stealing toilet tap from police station and fixing it back at home. Or option D. Stealing floor tiles from the Istana and framing it on a wall. Which of this has happened in Singapore before? Uh, I'm going to say it's D. They all seem plausible, man. But I think yeah, I've heard yeah. of C before. Okay, so Dan says D, and then Jerry says C. C, C is what? C is police station. Uh. Yep. Stealing taps from police station yeah. and installing it in your own home. Yeah, I kind of never heard of D before, but I've kind of never heard of any of this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I still need to be a lawyer, guys. I'm going to win this game time, guys. Yeah, man, we, we, studied, yeah, we, we, yeah we, we actually learn about real cases, not this made-up bullshit. One of them is real. By the way, holy um, fucking shit! Okay, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my guns and go with D. Jerry, are you on? Are you on to C? Mm-hmm. Okay. The answer is C. Ding ding ding, fucking Jerry, <laughs> you got it. Okay, God, so I knew I read somewhere. In 2019, Xia Kin Lee went to the Woodland Police Division headquarters to bail out his brother, but he also wanted a souvenir to bring home: a basin tap worth 171 dollars and 20 cents from the police station. The stolen tap was found fixed to Sia's home toilet during a police raid. <laughs> they raided his home because of a $171 sink. Okay, fantastic. Wait, was it a sink or a tap? He took the tap, right? Uh, yeah, the, I mean the... A basin the, tap. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Second question. Option A. Prudential agent pretended to be Voldemort and threatened clients. What? What? Prudential, Prudential agent? agent pretended to be Voldemort from Harry Potter and threatened what? clients. Option mm. B. MOM agent pretended to be fortune teller to have sex with woman. Mm. Option C. Propnex agent pretended to be ghost during seven months and scare an old woman to death. Or option D. SCDF fighter accidentally set on fire after repeatedly making the same joke of are you saying Wang Fei Hong was wrong? <laughs> what? What the fuck? Huh? I'm going to go with B. The MOM agent. Uh, the sex one is which one again, John? Sex one is B. MOM eh. agent pretend to be fortune teller to have sex with woman. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with B, but it seems kind of plausible as well. Yeah, the other two C? are not. La. What's C again? What's C again? Propnex agent pretended to be ghost during seven months and scanned old woman to death. See, the thing is that I, I, I remember that there was this guy who threatened clients and he's like, I am Lord Voldemort. But you said Harry Potter, right? Not Lord Voldemort, right? No, no, Harry, uh, Voldemort. Voldemort. He, okay, option A is Prudential agent pretended to be Voldemort and threatened clients. I think it's A. But then it could also be B. You know what? I'll go with A. Go with, go a. with, go with B. Okay. Dance is A. Yay. Right, I, knew it. I knew I read this before. I knew I fucking read this before. I'll be like, oh my god. This guy what the fuck? Okay, also in 2019, signing off as Lord Voldemort in letters, Yi Lin Min demanded bitcoins from clients whom he deemed had disrespected him by cancelling their policies from him or ghosting him. He threatened to use their personal details to get them fired from their jobs among other threats. So the DNA was found on the stems of the lawyer, matched his saliva, and it uh, basically sealed his oh. conviction. It never lick your stems. Never lick your stems. Oh, this guy, uh, this fucker, I remember him. Kiwi. Okay, so now the point is at one, one all. Okay, question number three. Option A. Two women dressed as clowns stole Rolex watches from drunk sailors at Orchard Towers over a period of five years. That's Option B. Three men rob clown at uh, rob houses in their swimming trunks amounting to five hundred thousand dollars in loot over thirty months. Option C. Men train monkey to break into houses and stole more than hundred thousand dollars over twelve months. Or option D. A team of five divers swam to the wreckage of flight SQ006 and stole three point five million dollars in cargo. Okay, so the cool thing about this question is that I remember this movie that we watched together called The mm. Tiong Baru Social Club. And mm. I was doing a little reading on like these two quaint little characters in their swimming trunks stealing art. So I believe it's inspired by answer B. Okay, so Dan Wong is answer B. I don't know, man. I'm going to go with C. I'm going to go with C. The monkey stealing <laughs> from our Yeah, that, I, think, I think I've heard, heard of that. Read, read that somewhere before. I'm not really sure. But yeah. I okay. said, my monkey, go into your house and take what is valuable to you. Okay, the answer is B. Three men rob houses in their swimming trunks amounting to 500k over 30 months. They, are, they were called the Swimming Trunk Gang. <laughs> this happened in 1975. Okay, Dan Wong is ahead. Two point. Hooray. So, Jerry, to, to tie right, you need to score this one, okay? Okay, the last one. Option A, 
teenager fined $300 for flying kite over NDP rehearsal. Option C, uh, sorry, option B, man fined $10,000 for repeatedly selling chewing gum out of his easy mart. <laughs> option C, elderly fined $1,000 for not flushing toilet at Orchard Ion. Or option D, woman fined $2,000 for feeding mina. Hmm, option D is very, 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 very possible. What's A, yeah. sorry? A is teenager fined $300 for flying kite over NDP rehearsal. I would go with C again. C? Okay. Elderly fine for not flushing toilet. What, 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 what would be? Uh, you know what? Never mind. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Jerry, I think you're wrong. I'm going to go with D. And the answer is D. Oh my god. Oh, that no. was your crush this fucking game time. Okay. So I, for this particular question, I was looking at kind of the weird laws of Singapore. Flying kite over public areas, selling chewing gum, and not flushing toilets. Nobody has ever been convicted of that before, even though those were those are laws that we have. But a woman has been recently fined two thousand dollars for being a recalcitrant offender. So this woman has been going like re- offending over and over and over again until M Park Bupin has to fine her two thousand dollars. So yes, these are the weird laws and lawsuits of Singapore. It's Dan Wong. It's Dan Wong. It's Dan Wong. He's you, almost you've a won lawyer. like this Dan one Wong. time. Don't, don't know how many fucking game times. <laughs> don't be too proud of yourself, okay? Let it be. Have lah. I got win before lah. Yeah. I Dan Wong and the John Wong's game time champion of the century. No, you're fucking wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and that'll be all for John Wong's game time. Hooray! Woo! Alright, so with that, that shall be the end of today's episode. Thank you all for listening in. Please like, share, subscribe, comment, join the Discord. You can get an invite via Instagram or Facebook. And we shall see you next time. Goodbye. Take care. Bye. Bye.